When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Everyone and welcome to the Sporting Goss. It's 16 degrees. We are heading for a top of 24, 27 tomorrow, 28 Wednesday. And look, I don't want to go so far down the track that we get ourselves into a pickle, but 25 and sunny grand final day. That's what they're telling us. A couple of partly cloudy days before then and a possible shower on the Sunday. But wow, 25. Let's hope that works out beautifully. Big show coming up. Special K, producer to the star and... S- when Gilly's around. Uh, morning. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm good since the last time we spoke on the radio. And That's we good. had, uh, well, gee, did we have a good show this morning with Gilly and Goss? Rip snorter. But we've uh, had our head down and our backsides up to prepare for this show. And of course, this morning, who was the winner of, who got through to the grand final quiz off? Was it John? It was John. From Woodvale? Or that way? Yeah, jump from around there. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it written down. All good producers write things down and store them I've in their brain. I've got it written and saved. All righty. So uh, if you want to play later in the show, in fact, not far away, ooh, the number you must ring is 13 12 55. When we say ring. The cue to call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the old FM cue to call. Your cue to call. We'll tell you exactly how it works in a moment. What have we got coming up? Lots. Grand final quiz. A quiz to enter the running to win a double pass to the grand final, as you've just mentioned. So that'll be on Gillian Goss on Friday morning. This doesn't get you the tickets. It gets you into don't, the final to win the tickets. Don't confuse people. I'm trying to clarify. No, you don't have to clarify. Okay. I've already done that. Okay. okay. Bottom line. I'll, can I put it in Tim Gossage terms? <laughs> yeah. this is, that yeah. was never in your wheelhouse to do that. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. No, don't make sure. I got confused as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the king. Yeah. So this is how it works. Yeah. We have five questions, grand final questions. Last person standing, and don't hold off because they might be five of the easiest. That's true. If you are the last person standing, you go into the quiz off, the AFL grand final quiz off on Friday morning with Gillian Goss, and the winner of the quiz off gets two Tickets. There we go. Okay. So the job of the listener is to be one of the last five. This morning, John of Woodvale. Go with Woodvale. Rings a bell. Yeah. He is in. So he doesn't have to ring again. Anyone else can call again. The number is 131255. 131255. You've just got to be the last person standing. And get question five right. What else we got coming up? All right, so plenty going on in the world of footy, of course. We'll hear from Ollie Wines, the Brownlow medalist. Waffle-wise, great weekend of waffle footy. Subiaco into the grand final. The coach, Bo Wardman, is going to join us. Really looking forward to that. Uh, love having a chat to Bo. Kane Mitchell, 
Claremont superstar had a real battle with Aaron Black. Did they ever? Yesterday. He gave away five free kicks, came Mitchell, and Aaron Black got seven. Yeah. <laughs> they were really going at it, weren't oh, they? Were they ever? Hard tag from, uh, from and Blackie. And they're good mates. Yeah. They're good mates. So uh, so that was interesting. We'll, we'll talk, talk to Kane Mitchell about that and about Claremont making it through to uh, the next game, of course. Um, plus, the Wallabies. Another win. Since Mick Collis declared them a basket case, and he yeah. is the rugby guru. He is. They've beaten South Africa, the world number one, back-to-back. Twice. That's it. That's back-to-back. That is back-to-back, baby. Mick Collis, he's going to be in the studio. He's going to join us while we chat to Andrew Kellaway, the Wallabies winger, who was a part of that win on the weekend over the Springboks. So plenty of uh, sporting action coming your way today, Goss. Very, very exciting times for the Wallabies. You're right. I love that. Mick, absolutely right. The mob says everything's got to change. Got to be a clean out. Got to be bringing in players and not just chopping yep. and changing all the time. Bang. Two wins against the world champs. Andrew Callaway from the Wallabies will join us. Um, stay right there. Okay. Now, to, to Pato, who's our, our great panel operator, who's just a great, passionate, <laughs> passionate. Do you have the buzzer for the... <clears throat> Do you have that there? Okay. Where is the rundown? Right here in my hot little hands. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, boy. Oh, Look boy. at that. Um, we had a pair of uh, blunnies, didn't we? Yeah. To give away the hashtag, hashtag 984s. 984s. Yeah. For the Brownlow medal nearest to the pin. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Roy's reminded us on the text. Thank you, Roy. 0487736736. So Ollie Wines 36, I think it was. Yeah. So yeah. get your hot little tush out there Don't and worry, uh, come I'm, up with the result. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. <laughs> I've, uh, I've got them all saved. I know exactly where they, they are. Okay. And I'll be able to give you that winner momentarily, Tim Gossage, and the listeners. So we keep them in suspense here on Sporting Goss and Gillian Goss. You know that stern talking to I gave you this morning at 8.15? Yeah. You're about to cop another one. We're That's gonna fair. Talk- <laughs> That's Don't fair. you dare. No, no. <laughs> Miles Fitznut, for those who – hello. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's Fitzy, SEN track talk, right? We went to the Sporting Globe on Saturday. Great venue. As part of our um, SEN team. He did a great job. The racing guru, the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton, he also was there, tipped winners galore. What a wonderful audience. And thank you to everyone who came up and said they listened to Sporting Goss, they listened to Gilly Goss, they listened to the SEN track. Thank you. Thank you for being real. Thank you for being wonderful <laughs> listeners. Well, it was just great to actually put faces yeah. to names and names to texts and stuff like that. Well done to everyone. But may I just say, 13.12.55, it is now your time to register. Last person standing. I, I like to say last man standing, but Gilly corrected me this morning. Oh, yeah, it could be a woman. Well, if it's a woman, ring up. But Please. we don't have a huge female fraternity who is clamouring to the phone. 13, 12, 55. I'd love it. It's your time to ring. 13, 12, 55. Five grand final questions. If you're the last person standing, you are in. The quiz off Friday morning for a double pass to the AFL grand final. There's no tricks to it. If you are the last person standing Today, we've already had one go through, John, 13, 12, 55. And the question is relating to the 2018 Grand Final. 
131255. The first question relates to the 2018 West Coast Eagles Grand Final. 131255 is the number. I suggest you call now. It's 16 degrees. This is Sporting Goss. Thanks for your company. It is warming up. It's heading for top of 24 degrees, 27 tomorrow, 28 Wednesday. And looking ahead to the grand final, they do tell us sunny winds from the east, 25 k's an hour and 25 degrees. Fingers crossed it stays that way. So we are playing to find the last person standing for today. That person goes into the grand final quiz off on Friday and the winner of that, a double pass to the AFL grand final. Let's go to Mully. I met Mully on the weekend from Millbridge. G'day, Mull. How are you, mate? All right? Yeah, good. How was the trip home, mate? All good? Yeah, done it well. Yep, yeah. Stay the night and come home the next day. Uh, good on you, Legends. Great to see you there at the Sporting Globe in Belmont. All right, Mully. You got to get to. You got to be alive after the fifth question, but you can keep playing as many times as it takes to get through. Here we go. What was the margin right. in the 2018 Grand Final, Eagles v Collingwood? What was the margin? Five points. Nice. So we've got Paul from Bustleton, Dan from Avalon Beach in New South Wales, Frank from Yanjibup, and our good friend Mike from Palmyra who are waiting. Question number two. Which Adelaide Crow kicked five goals in their 1998 grand final win over North Melbourne? 1995. No, no, 1998. Five goals. 1998. Famous name. Famous name. Famous name. Rashudo. Not Rashudo, but good on you, Thank you, legend. Let's go to uh, Paul, who's listening in Bustleton. I'm sure he's listening on SEN Spirit. G'day, Paul. Morning, Tim. How are you going? Going really well. So this is a chance to, uh, if you're the last person standing today, you will go into the draw for this double pass. Let's go with the question. Which Adelaide Crow kicked five goals in the 1998 grand final? Uh, Yeah, not really sure. Um... Think about it. Famous name against North Melbourne. Kick five goals, three. He's a little bit portly since he's retired, but super player, super player. 98, Andrew Jarman. No, incorrect. Not Andrew Jarman. Apologies for that. Not Andrew Jarman. I don't know why we got the ding, ding. But anyway, keep trying, Paul. Dan is listening from Avalon Beach in New South Wales. Just follow the yellow brick road, if you would, Pato. Don't go ahead of the game, great man. Which Adelaide Crow kicked five goals in the 1998 grand final win over North Melbourne? Dan from Avalon Beach. He's got family here in Perth. Who do you reckon it is? Edward. Edwards? Nah, not Tyson Edwards. Bad luck. 13, 12, 55. Come on, everybody. We can get this. Frank's in Yanjibup. He tried this morning. He's trying to put his name in the running again. G'day, Frankie. Who was it? Which Crow kicked five goals in the 98 grand final win over North Melbourne? 98 was it Jarman? Jarman. There are two Jarmans. Oh. It was all in the last quarter. He kicked the bag. 
Darren? Correct. Correct. Darren Jarman is correct. Not Andrew Jarman. So bad luck to our earlier caller, Paul from Busso. Stay with us, Frank. Question three. In which year did Carlton last play in a grand final? Four. Um, uh, oh, no. Three seconds. Two. 2001. No, it's wrong. Ah, it's okay, Frankie. You're not far away. I've got a feeling you still might be getting through to get yourself in the running for those tickets. Mike of Pally. G'day, Mike. Uh, hey, Goss. How are you, mate? Good, mate. When did Carlton last play in a grand final, Mike? Uh, 95. Not 95, not 95. All righty, let's go to Paul in Binning Up, listening down south. G'day, Paulie. G'day, Goss. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks. Carlton, last grand final year. When was the last time they played in a grand final? Yeah, I think uh, 1999. Correct. You are two questions away from putting yourself in the running for the tickets to the grand final. Paul of bidding up. Keep calling, 13 12 55. John of Australin's online, but there are still lines available. Question four of the five. In the Eagles' premiership win of 1994, Tony Evans kicked three goals. Now, true or false, eight other Eagles kicked two goals each in that grand final. Tony Evans kicked three in the 1994 grand final. True or false, eight other Eagles kicked two goals. Um, true or I false? Goals, so I'll, I'll go true, guys. True is correct. The other guys who kicked two goals, ball, Bond, Hedy, Kemp, Lewis, Sumich, Waterman and Wilson. The last question to get you into the final, which will mean you will be a one in five chance of going to the grand final. Melbourne last played in a grand final in 2000. It was against Essendon. The Bombers won easily. Two Bombers kicked four goals. Matthew Lloyd... And a West Aussie. Who was the West Aussie? Um, I think it might have been Paul Barnard. Yeah! All of binning up. Frustration from John and Darren and Antonio. Paul, you have won the daily prize. We've got to work that out, uh, but it doesn't really matter. The big prize you're after is a double pass to the grand final. You are in the quiz-off with Gilly and Goss on Friday morning. You have got a one-in-five chance of going to the grand final with a friend, a mate, or whoever that may be. Congratulations and thanks for listening. Good on you, Goss. Thanks, mate. Good on you. There's Paul from Binninger. Bad luck to John and Darren and everyone else who tried to get through. So the question was, what was the margin in the 2018 grand final? It was five points. It was Darren Jarman who kicked the five goals for Adelaide. Carlton last played in the grand final in 99. True was the answer. Tony Evans kicked three in the 94 Premiership win. Eight other Eagles kicked two goals in that game. And Melbourne last played in the grand final in 2000. Essendon won it. Matthew Lloyd kicked four. And Paul Barnard 
also kicked four goals. Let's get a breakaway. It's 22 past. Actually, we've already, have we played our break already, Pato? Yes, I thought so. We've got no break. Uh, I want to play this. Brian Cook, of course, has signed to take over as the CEO of Carlton. This was a discussion that he had sitting in the stands of Geelong when he was talking about culture at a football club. And he's, this is, I don't know when the interview was done, but it was purely when it was, in, when he was at Geelong and at some time talking about the culture of a football club. Have a listen to this. And uh, I think Carlton are on a good thing. Here's Brian Cook. If you want to determine the culture of an organisation quickly, look at the types of people that they are rewarding and promoting and look at their character and their personality type and what are the things they're getting promoted and rewarded for and that will in turn determine the culture of the organisation. So in simple, um, culture can be a whole abstract and and lengthy and deep uh, concept but in simple form it is what you reward in the organisation. So if you're rewarding bottom line and you're not rewarding good relationships, if you're rewarding um, uh, you know, good strategy, if you're it doesn't matter what you're rewarding in some respects, because, but, it, but whatever you are rewarding will determine the culture of the organisation. And there's no one culture that's the only culture that's successful. You can get various cultures that are successful. It depends on the mission of the organisation, its, uh, its KPIs, its vision, its key strategies, and, and, and putting all that together. But um, for me, culture comes down to what what the leaders and what your colleagues are rewarding within the organisation. It will help determine whether you'll survive or not eventually. That's Brian Cook talking about the culture at Geelong and now he's signed a three-year deal to take over the Carlton Football Club. Justin Lepich had this to say about the impact of Brian Cook at the Blues. I think there's a lot of coaches who would sit there and go, exactly with Kane, that's a plum job. And even now, even the last six weeks, you'd be saying that. Because look at their team. It's pretty mm. good. Mm. Like, you'd want to coach that, but it's not that that's been the issue. Look, the, the history is, um, you know, five coaches in 10 years. So it's not the, it's not the list. It's not that the people it's, – it's whether the people around the club know how to commit to a coach. Whereas this appointment by Brian Cook, I think, ticks a lot of that b- box for a, a lot of coaches out there that will be swaying, oh, I like the list, but, oh, what's, what sort of support am I getting? Like, that would be the, the, the to and throw, I think, of the, the, the future coaches out there. Even Alistair Clarkson was, was thinking that. So maybe this changes his mind as well. Um, so that's the positive. This this appointment is massive. It's bigger than what people think because it changes the opinion of not just the players and the confidence and the staff around, but also the coaching fraternity and the, the support they know they'll get with a guy that's proven he gives 10 years to coaches, not you know one or two. So that's a big thing. Talking Wallabies still to come. Also, Kane Mitchell from Claremont are fresh from a win over West Perth yesterday. And the Coach of Subiaco, Bo Wardman, will also join us after the Lions advanced to the grand final, which will be here, of course, at Optus Stadium. This morning on Gary and Tim, Kane Corns chimed in for his normal Monday assessment, and they talked about the grand final and the ruck battle between Max Gorn and Steph Martin. It is the big Western Bulldogs of Melbourne grand final. What's your early thoughts? What are you looking at? Have you gone back and had a look at the two games they played? Yeah, I I have. I look. My, my early thought is is the midfield and and how the Western Bulldogs are going to combat Gorn and Jackson early, um, and and Stephen Martin the role that he's going to play. Like, often you come back for for one game and it's a lot easier the first game. The second game becomes a little bit harder, 
Of course, that's been helped by the week off that he's had. But what are they going to do with Gorn? Like, how physical are they going to be with him off the ball? A couple of teams have tried that in the last two seasons. Not a lot, and it seemed to work a little bit. Are they, is anyone going to go after Max Gorn this week and try and put some physicality into him? So that, that that's, uh, that's my early thought. I just think that, though... Um, Melbourne have been so well structured and so well drilled and they defend with 18. We know all that. We've spoken about it all year. Can they just shut the Western Bulldogs down? That's the feeling. That's the, probably the feeling I get um, and the extra week to prepare for that and what they're going to do um, has me fascinated. The tactical battle, you know, how do they get May and Lever free and does Shaki go to one of them and what do they do with Bailey Smith? All this stuff. I think the tactics, Tim really fascinates me and, and the extra week off has given these coaches a lot of time and, and how much they've stewed over it. Have they looked at it too much? I don't know. Um, but the, that's what I'm looking at as well in the coach's box and how that works. I'm not really allowed to talk about midfielders. That's become obvious this morning. Tim's told me about 12 times. But <laughs> the Bulldogs won by 20 points second time around mm. and Max had 56 hit-outs with. That's right. Mm. So is it is it is not as big an issue, or Max in the form that he was in two weeks ago is, but that seemed to be a pretty dominant rucking display, and the Bulldogs won. Bond had thirty one, McRae had thirty eight, nine clearances. That eight, Bond and McRae had eighteen clearances between them, despite the fact Gorn had fifty six hitouts. Yeah, and uh, Max has already spoken about the fact that uh, Martin is one of the more physical ruckmen going around and more difficult to combat mm. at stoppages. Now he didn't play last time against them, so. Um, he, at best, or at worst, what he does is he nullifies the opposition ruckman. He, he, he makes it difficult for them to actually be able to position themselves and get those clear taps, uh, Martin. The other thing that they did last time was um, they engineered these matchups against uh, the Bulldogs, and we'll go into more detail later in the week, but uh, against Melbourne to try and uh, render their defence less effective than what it's been. So... Hannon actually ended up on May and took him further up the ground. So what they wanted to do, they wanted to get um, Lever back so that he had to pick up Norton. And it actually worked really well for the Bulldogs. But the thing is, Melbourne got the opportunity to look at that last time as to what they did. And now they've had a lot of time, obviously, to make sure or to come up with an alternative plan. So it's going to be a fascinating battle from the coach's box at the well, weekend. I'm interested in this, Kane, about this rucking situation. So <clears throat> Gorn has 56 hitouts, right? Bont and Pally McRae have 18 clearances between them. So because he's getting hit-outs, is it then easier for them to read? So they, it's a bit more predictable. Therefore, Max is going to win it. We understand that. So they concentrate purely on Max. And if you get Stefan Martin in there just all of a sudden nullifying Max and then there's no clear hit zone, is that going to make it harder maybe? Mm. And I think that when you're on the as a midfielder, when you're on the the end of the winning ruckman, and you basically know when they go up, they're going to win it. There is uh, subconsciously you almost get on your bike a little bit too soon. Like you, you you you're leaning towards going rather than leaning towards being defensive. And the minute you take sort of one foot offside, then the opposition can read it and they're away. And, and the quality of their clearances are, are stronger than what you're going to get. It's it's the Aaron Sanderlands factor going back a while. You know, win the hit outs every week but Fremantle weren't necessarily a great midfield throughout that time. Uh, I think the one you know, real dominant ruckman, Nat Nui, is a, is a huge advantage. Other than that, there's not many at the stoppage. But for me, it's more about what Gorn does around the ground. I mean, that's, that's where the improvement has come from. I mean, he now has a great understanding of 
positioning himself where the team needs him. So is is it back? Is it on Norton for for thirty seconds so I can you know so we can get the May or Lever free, or or is it forward from a stoppage? Can I really push hard and expose Stefan Martin aerobically? So I think that's what I'm interested, in. that's where the improvement for me, and that's why Max Gorn is a superstar. It's not just for the 56 hitouts; it's for the impact that he's been having around the ground and plugging a hole here and there and slowing ball movement down, but then going forward, that's where he's turned himself into a, a superstar. Kane Corns talking with Tim and Gary this morning on SEN 1116 in Melbourne. Coming up, we're talking Wallabies. They are the form team of Australian sport. Mick Collis, our rugby expert, he's still in the doghouse. He predicted that they were a basket case. He's going to come in and answer more questions today. We also will be speaking to one of the stars of that win, of course, Andrew Kellaway from the Wallabies. Still to come also... We've got Bo Wardman from Subiaco. Mike Schneider's going to join us. There's something exciting happening, WA. And Kane Mitchell from the Claremont Football Club, fresh from the win as well. And we'll hear more from Ollie Wines the morning after his wonderful Brownlow win. It's time for a news break. We're off to get him a cafe coffee. Try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. Good on you, April. 16.4 degrees currently, heading for that top of 24. 28 Wednesday and looking to the grand final. Currently, they tell us it'll be 25 on grand final day. Blundstone, go from work to the weekend in style in the Blunnies. Hashtag 984 is their ultimate comfort and ultimate safety. And we asked you to name who you thought would be winning the Brownlow medal without the Bont, without Petraka, without Steele, and with our wines and Oliver. The correct answer was Darcy Parrish from the Essendon Football Club. He got 26 votes, and it gives us great pleasure to announce the winner of our Blundstone Boots, hashtag 984s, is our very good friend listening on the app, Roy from Templestone. <laughs> All the heavy lifting, all the messaging, all the love that he gives us on socials. Congratulations, Roy Boy. You've won yourself the wonderful Blundstones. As I said, go from work to the weekends in style in the Blundstone. Hashtag 984's ultimate comfort, ultimate safety. Speaking of comfort, it was comfortable to see Ben Cousins last night talking to reporters on the red carpet. First time he's been in a Brownlow since 2010. Let's hear from Benny Cousins. We'll take a break. We'll come back to talk Wallabies next. Here's Ben Cousins on the red carpet last night at the Brownlow. Must be excited to be here tonight. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's definitely a big night. Um, it's been a while since I've been to one of the football industry nights, so it's, um, I'm looking forward to it. Ben, congratulations on being here tonight. Uh, how much work have you had to do to get yourself in this position? It's fantastic. Oh, a little bit behind the scenes, but uh, that's part of it, you know, uh, find ourselves in different situations along the way. So just uh, great to be here tonight. Hooper. Bell, it's on to the lefty. Trupo gets a chance to wind up. No look away from the Rika. Goron Bentier. Marika for try number two. The Wallabies win two in a row against the world champions. 
Yeah, that was the result from the weekend. The Wallabies have reclaimed the Nelson Mandela Trophy, two out of two against the world champions, Springboks. And Mick Collis is here. Just one moment, Mick. If you just stand to the left a little bit, we've just got a truck to do a bit of work here. I'm a huge fan of you. In fact, I, I derive my knowledge of the game of rugby union from you. A couple of weeks ago, we sat in this very studio, fresh from watching the Wallabies. It wasn't a great performance against the All Blacks. They have gone across the – and I, I, look, I, I can't even dig in the archives to sort of talk about our conversation we had. All I'm going to say is – have they surprised you? <laughs> Hello, Goss. Yes, they have. Oh, yeah, and, and I'm not the only one they've surprised. I think last week was a big surprise beating them, and then everyone thought that they must have taken us a bit easy, that they would come out this week, they'd fix all the problems they had, and they'd put, you know, they're not a big point-scoring team, but put 10 or 15 points on us, and it didn't happen. And, look, the Wallabies played great, and uh, I think we might find that the... Springboks, are, they were the world championship in 2019. Maybe they're on a bit of a downward spiral now. So it was, it was great. I think the Wallabies played a really good game of rugby. One man who played in that game on the 30-17 win for the Wallabies over the Springboks is Andrew Callaway, and he's been kind enough to join us. Andrew, congratulations. Um, can you express to us, I'm no rugby aficionado, but the gentleman across the table is very much a official uh, rugby guru over here in WA. Um He's more gobsmacked than I am as a playing group. What's the turnaround? How's it come about? And thanks for joining us. <laughs> G'day, guys. How are you going? Um, thanks for having me, firstly. Um, oh, yeah, look, I mean, I heard you guys say before that you were surprised, but I think, um, you know, as a playing group, and, and I sort of said it during the All Blacks test and got a bit of a berating for saying it um, the way I said it, but... Um, you know, we, we weren't surprised. I think we were, um, you know, we, we definitely weren't happy with how we um, particularly finished those games against the All Blacks. But, um, you know, there was lots of positive stuff in there. And um, for us, it was about uh, keeping those sort of positive things. So um, making sure that we didn't forget that we were actually doing some good things, but just tidying up the things we did wrong. And I think um, the weekend was definitely a product of that. You saw, um, you know, a lot of the, line breaks and the attacking footy that we were trying to play against the All Blacks without as many um, errors. And the consequence of that was that we were able to score points and, and stop Springbok scoring points against us. So, um, you know, like as, as you guys said, it was a surprise for you guys. So it's great for us to be able to um, hopefully uh, restore a little bit of faith um, back in what should be a really strong Wallaby um, support base. Yeah, Andrew, you've certainly done that. It's, it's Mick Collis here. Mate, That the game against the All Blacks here in Perth, you, the second half, it was 21-20 to you guys, and you, you didn't play badly during that season. Do you think that you were a team playing without luck against the All Blacks and then against South Africa, a few things actually did come your way, go your way? Um, oh, it's an interesting one. I think I'm a big believer personally in you, you sort of earn your own luck and... Um, I don't think we did that against the All Blacks. I think uh, the the sort of feedback that the coaching staff was giving us after every game was that we can't afford to not play for 80 minutes um, against a team like the All Blacks. And, you know, unfortunately, we probably lapsed for for moments there in those those three games, particularly that Perth game. We sort of had a, 
you know, a lapse of about 20, 25 minutes where, you know, they scored a lot of points and put us on the back foot and then all of a sudden you're chasing the game and that's where you start throwing loose passes um, and credit to the All Blacks, they capitalised on that. Um, but yeah, look, uh, I don't think it was so much luck as it was consistency. You know, we were just knocking on the door and sort of kept doing it, you know. It was like a... Um, like I said, we, we sort of knew we were doing some good things and it was about continuing to do them. And, and if we did that and um, kept one eye on that and one eye on um, fixing up the other side, then we always knew we were going to be a tough team to beat. And it's been a great ride for you personally. You came back for Trans-Tasman. You got picked in the Wallaby squad. Squad, You scored a try and debut. Now you're a key part of this team. Are you still pinching yourself? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I call myself a key part just yet. Um Look, it's uh, it's been awesome. It's been such a, a crazy couple of months um, coming back from Japan and into into Melbourne and then into here. So, um, you know, I'm loving every minute of it and, and just hoping that uh, every Saturday at about 3 o'clock, I've got to, or about 5 o'clock actually, I've got to front up and, and do enough to get a chance the next week. I, I spoke to your brother Nick and he said it's all because of him. All your success is due to him. Yeah, of course he said that. <laughs> Now, mate, you're you're a winger, and traditionally the backs are the the people that the crowds come to see. But you've got a fella called Taniela Tupo, who is a front rower playing in your team. Have you ever seen anyone like him? Uh, no, mate. Short answer, no. He's uh, he is one of a kind, and he like just. I mean, everyone's talking about the pass that he threw, which is nothing short of incredible. But you know, you look at a couple of moments before that, he's scrummaging, he's winning scrum penalties, and he's carrying tough through the middle and, and uh, making line breaks through. Some blokes who are no slouches, you know, there's some really, really big boys in that um, South African pack. So, um, you know, it's great. It's just great to see Nella um, really thriving because he's, I mean, we all know how good he is, um, but it's about time the world really, really saw that and, and started to, to see him the way we see him. Andrew Calloway, our guest from the Wallabies, fresh from another win over the Springboks. Of course, you've got the Pumas next. Uh, they got a bit of a touch-up by the All Blacks. So basically, the championship's over. The All Blacks have virtually got a grasp on it. But, you know, bigger fish to fry going forward, I suppose, for the Wallabies. And you just want to continue on this uh, on this form. What are you expecting from the Argentinians? Yeah, they're real. Um, Five-round, aren't they? Like, they, uh, some, again, some big boys, some tough boys. And, and um, I think... Last year we saw two, or I definitely saw them, two draws um, for the Wallabies against Argentina. So, um, you know, they're going to be tough and, and we're sort of well aware of that. And we actually haven't started the, the preview yet. We're still wrapping up the review um, of the weekend, but um, I've got no doubt that they'll bring a lot of what South Africa bring by way of physicality. But, um, you know, I think they uh, they might use the ball a bit more and, and put us under a little bit more pressure out wide. So, um, you know, if I get a... If they're not this weekend, I'm looking forward to the challenge. And Andrew, probably the, the only bigger surprise than you guys beating the Springboks was the return of Quade Cooper. He's been a revelation. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't know if revelation's the word I'd use. I think we all knew how good he was. Um, and that's sort of attributed to by those 70-odd tests he had prior to, to these two that he's just played. But I think, um, you, know, you know, for me personally, it's, it's just great to see a guy come back from overseas and... Um, you know, get a bit of um, a bit of love because you know, in a lot of instances, guys like that leave because they're you know in the outer or someone coming in that's younger and got more potential or whatever. I don't know the reason why why Quade left, but um, you know, it's just great to see. I'm, I'm loving having him back and in the group, and 
Um, he's such a great fella, and aside from the fact that he's um, uh, he's pretty easy to take some money off on the golf course, he's, he's actually pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, mate, congratulations. It It is nice. I think we've always hoped the Wallabies can find some of that form that made them one of the absolute true sporting loves of many people, even those who don't follow a rugby union but uh, know the Wallabies. But it's been a little bit time in the wilderness, but uh, fantastic. Back-to-back against South Africa. It's onwards and upwards, and congratulations on your part in that, and we look forward to seeing you uh, play with uh, pl- plenty more tests for the for the Wallabies, and we appreciate your time. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me. And just a big uh, shout out to everyone in Perth that came to the game. It was um, it was an incredible atmosphere, and uh, a shame we couldn't put out a better better performance. But um, you know, it's it's important to note that, that the team really felt that, and um, looking forward to hopefully another test or many more tests in Perth. Oh, no doubt. Good on you, mate. Thanks, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, it was a great occasion, and the the stadium put on a a great show. Andrew Kellaway from the Wallabies there. So dissect it from now. At what stage, when you talked about that you think South Africa might be on a, possibly, you're not declaring, no. could possibly be on a bit of a slide. Mm. But what we, what is there to like about what the Australians have done since they were here a couple of weeks ago? And that's the thing. A lot of people are saying we, we would love the Wallabies to be playing the All Blacks the next two weeks. If, it would have been nice to have done Argentina, done the Springboks, and then move into it the... It would have been a build. The, yeah, it would have been a build. Whereas yeah. as we go straight into that, yeah. and they're such a good team. So it's, it's a bit hard to get a reflection. But, you know, the, the Springboks are a slightly older team. But, you know, the Wallabies, for a long time, our front row and our scrum was criticised. But now we've got Taniela Tupo, who we spoke about, a young kid. So Tupo's, I think, 23. Angus Bell's only 20. And most props don't mature till they're, you know, 28, 29. So all of a sudden, we've got a, a forward pack that is competitive. Um, How is White... Nick White. Because when he came on, I reckon the game before against South Africa, he was the spark for me. He looked vibey. So. Yep. Is he better in that spark role than being the main man to start, start with? Because they're, they're both similar. You know, Tate McDermott and, and Nick White, they're both at their most damaging when they're doing those little darts, picking up and going and taking it to the defence. He's so, antagonistic, White. He, he, yeah. He's got a bit in him, I reckon. He's got yeah. more... He's got more Proverb. He's got more um, poo in him. Yeah, well, he's a lot more. He's a lot more experienced than Tate. I think Tate Tate's still finding his way, but sure. becoming very good. So, look, it's, oh, I guess it depends on who they're playing. Um, I think his kicking game's probably a little bit better than Tate. So, in a team like the Springboks, you want to try and turn them around. He's probably got that confidence. It's a bit more of a kicking game. So, look, there's much of a much. They both offer something when they do come on, and that's the strength. Now, the Wallabies they're starting to get a, a bench that when it does come on, you're not thinking, oh God, we have got to bring him on. You're bringing someone on thinking, oh, great, this guy's coming on. And that's the difference for me in, in the squad that they've got. There's positives from 1 to 23. Did you know that there is, and I, and I didn't know this, but there is the AFL Grand Final Week book sales record. Now, it's just a, it's a thing that someone who told someone who told someone said that people often buy books on AFL Grand Final Weekend to sit, read a book. After the Grand Final, they want a bit of downtime. The f- AFL season's over. I've got my hands on Australia's toughest sports people, courtesy of yourself here. That's a good book for grand final week. 12 athletes who epitomise the grit, courage and determination of Australian sport. Penned by yourself with Rick McCosker on the cover. Mm. Now, I'm led to believe that this is fast becoming the most sought-after book for AFL grand final week. And I think a lot of people on the East Coast have already purchased it, thinking the grand final was last week, but but there's two weeks off. Of course. But West Australians 
are champing at the bit to get their laughing gear around this book, Mick, in all good and bad bookstores. Everywhere where you buy books and online. So if you want to just Google Australia's toughest sports people. But otherwise, yeah, get out, get it in the bookstores. Go and, go and buy it from you the You could be on the dais for the most <laughs> purchased book for AFL Grand Final Week, especially for the Sunday after the Grand Final, because that's it. Grand Final's over. Oh, we can all breathe. Take a breath. No school sport. We're in between seasons. <laughs> Cup of tea and a scone. Had a good read. And Australia's toughest sports There's a couple people. of AFL players in there. And yeah. Awful players. So it's, uh, yeah. Bunce. Yeah, Hayden Dermott, Dipper. Yeah. Wow. It's a good book. And thank you for providing me with. Well, I know you very generously gave your copy away, Tim. So oh, I know. Thought, and you've signed it up here with the words, harden up. Yeah. <laughs> You think that's funny, do you? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for coming in and talking more. No this. worries, Goss. Mick Collis, always kind enough to join us in the studio. And that is a great book. I, I kid you not. Australia's Toughest Sports People. A beautiful little coffee table book. It's not too big. Great pictures in the middle. It's got Rick McCosker with his broken jaw from the 77th Centenary Test. All... Uh, all done up. It's all uh, bandaged up. It is absolutely brilliant reading. I kid you not. It is written by the very good friend of uh, WA Sport. He's a poet. He's a after-dinner speaker. He's a fantastic character and is a great author as well. Mick Collis. Get it. Australia's toughest sports people. If you haven't read it, you'll regret it. This is Sporting Goss. Now the kick comes and Bolton's still ready. Ready to rise and take a magnificent mark. Into the night sky at the MCG. Shay Bolton with a big skip up over the pack. What a star. The shyster. That is some mark. <laughs> and you can watch it over and over and you're going to get the same reaction as the crowd. That's the, sign, that's the act of a bloke who hasn't signed his contract. <laughs> He's put it through. Ah, the thrills of this game at its best. Anthony Hudson, best in the business, AFL Nation, calling the Shea Bolton, which was dubbed and tagged the mark of the year. Little doubt in my mind. Well done to Caleb Sarong for winning goal of the year. There's been a development in the Port Adelaide coaching ranks. That's coming up after 11 o'clock, 17.4 degrees in Perth, 24 today, 27 tomorrow. We're going to get the rig out on Wednesday. You and me, special K, we'll go down the beach. Hey, pump a, pump a, pump a, pump a few push-ups, so to speak. Weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's another out to go. Bo Wardman from Subi and Kane Mitchell from Claremont. Maybe Vossi for the for the maybe because of the name and um, what what he may bring. As well, and I think he's done a, a great amount of work, not only coaching but also in the leadership space. And every club is about connection now, and how you connect with the group and, and let each other be their own personalities. And I think he's done a power of work on that. So if it was out of those two, I think they may they may choose Michael Voss. But he's got the aura. So some some coaches have got the aura where they walk into a room and you just there's something about them that you just you, you sort of eyes are drawn to them. And then every time he speaks, you captivating the audience uh technically I, I'm, I'm not sure if the, um, something may have held him back in uh, recent you know coaching searches because he's got close but then he's always been picked at the last one so i'm not sure technically and game plan wise uh, how he is viewed but certainly from a, a leadership from an aura from when he talks you listen can command the the attention of the room i'd love to see him get another opportunity and he'll be much better second time around 
that was Kane Corns this morning uh, with Tim and Gary. Kane Corns doing his show here from Perth. Been a very busy man. Well, we can confirm that Michael Voss has flown in and uh, to meet Carlton executives, I'm led to believe. I didn't know that was possible, to be honest, um, when you're from South Australia trying to get into Victoria, but I'm not exactly sure how that works. But anyway, he is, uh, we're led to believe, uh, we've had it on good authority, that he is certainly speaking with Carlton executives and it could not be too long before Michael Voss is announced the coach of Carlton. I'm not saying that he's going to be coach at Carlton, so if it's not him, don't blame me, don't shoot the messenger. But the development today is that Michael Voss is chatting with or meeting with Carlton executives about possibly taking over as coach of the Blues. Brian Cook, of course, the new CEO there. A bit to play out. What are your thoughts? 13 12 55 or 0487 736 Just a reminder, John of Woodvale from Gillian Goss this morning and Paul from Bidding Up earlier in our show on Sporting Goss are through to the AFL Grand Final Quiz Off. Friday's Gillian Goss. The winner of the quiz off gets themselves a double pass to the grand final. The team have rallied around this show, rallied around SENWA, SEN Track and the SEN app and SEN Spirit and everyone who's listening and come up with, and not just two bottom of the rung can't see the footy tickets, not that there's a bad seat in the house at Optus, two very good tickets indeed. So make sure that tomorrow between 10 and 12, I'll give you a hint, after 10.30 tomorrow, you are listening to this very show here on the app, wherever you can listen to our show, make sure you download the app. And make sure if you come to the grand final on Saturday night, you are listening to SEN Stadium. Play by play, no delay. You just tap on the tile. Stick your pods in, watch the footy. You don't have to look at your phone for stats. We'll give them the stats. Paul Hazelby provides the expert comments. Ball by ball, play by play, everything provided for you. We do the heavy lifting. You just sit there and enjoy. Talking waffle footy now. Yeah, we are. Talking waffle footy now. on this stunning Monday and as much as our grand final build-up is all about the AFL grand final, we must also make mention of the Waffle grand final in a couple of weeks. And the good news is that Subiaco are into the big dance and Bo Wardman, the coach of Subiaco, joins us. Well, that's one part of the equation taken care of. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, good to be with you, Tim. Um, yeah, and no, I certainly... Uh, to kick off at the start of the season to have uh, made the finals was our first uh, first goal and to now be in the grand final uh, after missing out completely last year is a uh, great achievement for the for the whole club but uh, 
we know there's no point making it if you're not going to win it. So we've got uh, one big job to do. Yeah, rock-solid performance against South Fremantle, although it did get a little bit uh, shaky there in that third quarter when they started to throw out a bit of a challenge. Uh, what was your mindset in the box? Yeah, we. I mean, we, we knew that they were going to throw everything at us. We, we addressed it at half-time that our third quarters haven't... Uh, haven't been strong over the last uh, three weeks. Um, I thought when Ben Sokol kicked the, f- the first goal early in the third that the boys had settled, but um, South Fremantle continued to, to throw and challenge us. Um, and it was, I thought the boys showed a bit of resolve towards the back end of the quarter just to, to get things back in uh, on our terms and, and play a little bit the way we wanted to, to play. But um, we recognise South Fremantle are a, a really good club and a proud team, and uh, they, they were going to have their moment in the sun. And it was just about restricting the, the influence that that had um, across the game. So they were able to, to score reasonably freely in that third quarter, but uh, we were able to arrest momentum, which was good. What was the most pleasing part about the overall performance of the year so far for you, Bo? You, you seem to have blooded a lot of new names, given a lot of young men opportunities. This is not your tried and tested Subiaco team when you, you have a look at the names that are in your best 22 to 25. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the we've had a big list turnover over the last couple of years, which is which has been important. We we see uh, some of our senior senior players have uh, retired and moved on, um, which has given great opportunity for a number of young guys. I think we've had nine or ten debutants at league level across the season, and we had eight guys playing their first final on on Saturday. And that that was probably the most pleasing part was that those guys really stepping up, and um, it was an equal contribution across the board and. They were able to play the brand and, and style of footy that, that we've been training for all year um, and been able to implement that and um, probably recognition for, for the system through our Colts and Reserves that guys that are putting in the hard work and, and persevering then get the opportunity to play at league level and they, they can step up and adjust really quickly to that. A couple of goals from Jack Mayo. He continues. I mean, I know he's been on an AFL list, but he's been dogged by injury and you only got him back, I think, uh, round 14 this year, and that was through the reserves. He hasn't played league football until round 18, and then he was back in the reserves. I mean, what's his progress like? And gee, he's, uh, to have him around uh, this team at the finals time is a real feather in his cap. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's done a huge amount of work with his with his rehab. But I, don't, I don't think there's not been a day that he hasn't been in the gym or or doing some uh, recovery work. He's worked closely with Michael Dobbin, our, our strength and conditioning, to get him up fit and firing. Um, we probably brought him back into the league side a little bit earlier than um, what was ideal, just to, to see how we would go and, and to challenge him um, with that. And um, he, he learned, a, learned a little bit on, on what he needed to do, and we challenged him to go and continue to work on that with the reserves. And we said, well, there's an opportunity there for you. And I think his form certainly warranted uh, selection in the league side. You'd taken about 40 marks and had 20... 21 shots at goal and really improved his repeat efforts at ground level and that was evident on um, on Saturday when he could come into the league side and have real influence around the contest for us. Do you have some difficult decisions to make? We know part of the, the being a, a senior coach is making some tough calls and you know they're tough calls that you probably don't want to make but they're also the, the upside of, a, of you know the strength of the football club. Do you have some tough calls or are you pretty comfortable with your 22? Yeah, no, it's, it's been probably a challenging couple of weeks because we, our reserves have uh, found some really good form and, and are playing really well and there's some great um, consistent contributors in there. Young Geordie Ferrone is a small forward. Um, Caden Fulgrave's just come back from injury. Jack Beverley and, and Kobe Fulgrave are knocking down the door and the young kid Matty Johnson, who's uh, mm. part of the State 19 squad and, and potentially a high draft pick, is really finding a lot of the ball in the reserves. So 
it's probably kept the league league guys honest in terms of what they they've needed to do and um, a lot of those guys will get another opportunity to, to stake their claims um, this week in the, the prelim against Claremont um, at reserves level. And um, there, there, might, there may be a couple of changes depending on um, which opposition we line up against uh, in the grand final. Are you a risk taker when it comes to coaching? Have you got a bit of Luke Beveridge in you? Uh, yeah, well, some I suppose would say that we, we took a couple of risks on the weekend with a couple of guys that... Uh, Maybe we're a little bit uh, underdone or, or backing form, and, and we've we've really got to back them in um, to do that. And, and we threw a couple of different things uh, into the game on on Saturday, which which paid off. And that's, that's credit, I suppose, to the the coaching staff. Um, my assistant coaches uh, done a great job in in prepping the boys. Um, and I, I think those things uh, you sort of reflect back on and go, well, those things worked. And it's now the challenge is to to go, well, what, what else can we throw out over the next uh, couple of weeks to, to prepare for the grand final. I know you probably want, just want to focus on the grand final, but you've got the, the Hickmont boys have been fantastic for you, Liam and also Will. They've, uh, they've rack up the footy. They work hard at their game. We know their dad's going back to Melbourne for Hawthorne. I know these boys are bigger boys. They're not teenagers or they're not uh, little boys now. Are you confident they're going to stay beyond this year or have they indicated they're going to return to Victoria? What's their, what's their future look like? Oh, yeah, I suppose firstly, uh, you mentioned their, their growth this year has, has been enormous. Um, Liam's been, been able to, to really cement his spot in the, the league side, playing alongside uh, Greg Clark and, and Marshy and uh, mm. Kitch through the midfield. But he did a great job again on um, Schleuth on Saturday and Will continues to grow on the wing, possesses that, uh, that great speed and run and carry for us, which has been important. And their early indications where they were keen to stay in Perth, so um, they're well entrenched uh, over in WA, which is uh, which is great. They've got jobs here and um, certainly valued members of our uh, footy club. Oh, that's good news. Well, we'll see how that plays out after the grand final. The other name that uh, I'd like to talk to you about is, is Brandon Matera. The fact is that he's come to the football club, plays alongside Bailey. Every time I see vision of him or watch him play... He, he looks like a bloke that's been around Subi for a while. I love the engagement when they come into a football club and they've come from an AFL system. They don't swan. He doesn't swan around as though, oh, you know, I've played 100 AFL games and I was a high draft pick and I was this, that and the other and, and I'm, I'm coming off the Matera name. He looks like he's really comfortable playing at Subiaco and it's, it's a real joy to see from an outsider looking in. Yeah, absolutely. That's as, as you said. It's always one of the risks with uh, what, what guys' motivation is when they're coming back after having such uh, stellar careers at, at AFL level. But the, the opportunity, as you said, to play with Bailey, um, he's, he's played a lot of years of, of footy without much um, final success or experience, and, and playing in grand finals, and that was something that really drove him. Um, and, and since day one, that that he got to the club, he's, he's really embedded himself. He, he's bought into the culture that that we've got, and um, it's been really team oriented. He's, he's taken some some leadership uh, informal roles in, in helping to educate some of our younger players and uh, been really enthusiastic with that. Um, and the other kid that we brought across from from Melbourne, Chatty Harris, has been outstanding for us as well, playing on the on the wing. But he's, he just brings so much energy to the group. Um, he spent a bit of time with with Richmond in their VFL side, and um, I think those two guys coming in have really value added and. They're probably not the the best players every week um, that you might expect from from imports, but they they add so much in terms of the role and the culture around the club, and that's that's what we look for first and foremost. Yeah, one hundred percent agree with that one. Uh, now, just in regards to the opposition, you've off South Fremantle have got to get Claremont. I, I went and had a look at Claremont and West Perth yesterday. It was 
hard to watch for the first half, but when Claremont certainly got going, they got going. Uh, what do you expect in the preliminary final? How much of the game will you guys as a, a whole unit take in? Will you all go down to South Freo and watch it? Yeah, no, our reserves will uh, play just before oh, yeah, the league bonus. game, which is, I suppose, a, a good uh, bonus for us that we can uh, stay there for, for that great game and support the boys and then um, stay on and watch the watch the league game. Uh, hopefully it's as tight and physical as it was in the uh, in the qualifying final a couple of weeks ago and they, they really go at it. They're, they're two really good clubs. I thought Claremont were able to get their, their running game going in the second half yesterday and their, their small forwards were... We're able to find space, and that was probably the difference in the game in the end. Um, just some of their their running power. So, and, and they're a different team at home. So, going back to Fremantle Oval will, will present another challenge, and no, no doubt South Fremantle will respond from uh, the weekend. And whichever team we face in the in the grand final is going to be certainly a formidable opponent that um, have played pretty consistent footy all year and promises to be a, a close and enthralling um, grand final. And hopefully. Uh, a lot of your listeners, uh, Tim, will, will turn out to Op the stadium the week after yes. the AFL Grand Final. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, I'll be there with uh, Bells. I'm looking forward to hosting the grand final function for the mighty Lions. Last one before we let you go, mate. Jared Schofield coming back to WA as an assistant coach with West Coast. I spoke to him on the show last week. He said he'll be booking his ticket to come back and watch the uh, the Waffle Grand Final. He's still very much has an attachment to the Mighty Lions. Uh, he, he's done a lot for that football club, and I think he gets a real joy out of seeing them in, in the big Grand Final. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, been a terrific mentor for for me personally, and what he's been able to do with the uh, the culture and the fabric of the club um, has been immense. And I know that he uh, continues to watch us very closely uh, from afar and. It's a, a, a huge pickup for, for West Coast, and mm. I think we'll have some um, significant impact uh, early with with that group of, of players and working alongside some of their um, their, their senior players and the, the new coaching staff that are going to bring in. Um, I think we'll have uh, great great impact early, and um, should see West Coast climb up the ladder. So I think that's just the the type of character and the, the intensity that he'll bring um, to that group will be great. Last one for you. Sorry, who wins the Sandover Medal from the Subiaco Football Club? Uh, well, I think uh, Lee Kitchen would probably—he's possibly going to poll the highest uh, votes for us. Um, but he got suspended against yes. Kay, with uh, the incident with Kay Mitchell, so that might—that uh, may cost him. Obviously, mm. Greg Clark being the other one that's been in uh, in terrific form across the season. So hopefully, those those two poll really well. Um, and if if one of them, or obviously if Greg's lucky enough to win, it'll be a, a great reward for him and, and reflection of the the team success and the what we've been able to do this year. Yeah, doing good things. Get along and see the grand final, Optus Stadium. It's, fingers crossed it's going to uh, put on a big show over the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. Congratulations on making it. And uh, may the best team win, whoever gets through to take on the lines, but may they run second to the mighty Subiaco Football Club. Well, Coach, so far, Bowie, all the very best. Awesome. Appreciate your time. Thanks very much, Tim. Yeah, there's Bo Wardman, Coach of Subiaco, here on the Sporting Goss. Claremont Football Club lived to fight another day, storming home to beat West Perth in the first semi-final yesterday, 14-8-92 to 10-8-68. The last quarter, six goals to one. They looked a little bit grim there briefly in the third quarter for the Tigers, but they got serious. And one man who was a part of it was Kane Mitchell, a man who 
been to the big dance very uh, many, many times before and... Well, he's still got a chance. You've got to get past South Romano and Subiaco away. He's been kind enough to join us. Mitch, how have you pulled up after yesterday's great performance? Yeah, really well, actually, mate. Um, considering it was a pretty physical affair, um, did my recovery last night, and um, I'm actually just walking to work now. So, boys will get down the beach this afternoon, and, um, yeah, we'll assess the game, and then... Yeah, look forward to playing South Romano on Sunday, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Of course, Subiaco, oh, wait. It was a bit of a struggle. The skill level early, I don't know whether that was pressure, but it couldn't hit a target to save yourselves in that first half. It really looked like you just needed to clean that up. Yeah, I think that was it. We uh, we know our game plan, and, and that's how we want to move the ball. Unfortunately, we just... Yeah, a couple of boys stubbed their toes and yeah. a few of the kicks just, just fell a little bit short. And it probably is something to do with nerves, but um, West Perth... Uh, you know, their class outfit and their pressure was was really high. Um, and, and we knew if we just we stuck at it, eventually we'd wear them down. And, um, yeah, to our credit, uh, we managed to convert as well in the in the last quarter. I think that was also hurting us too. We, uh, you know, had some pretty gettable goals mm. and we just kind of missed left or right. Um, so, you know, if you, if you kick a couple of those, it, it, uh, it kind of changes the feel of the game. Um, but, yeah, I think the skills just were a little bit off, maybe to do with nerves, I'd probably say, yeah. Yeah, Cal England kicked four goals. I mean, I know he kicked four, I reckon, way back in about round 16 against East Fremantle, but that's when you just need that little little X factor to bob up and, and kick some goals, and he was the one who provided it on, uh, yesterday. Yeah, he's been threatening for a long time as Cal. He, uh, he, he does a lot of things that people probably don't see, a lot of covering off and a lot of, up and back running for sometimes not a lot of reward. And, um, you know, that's the life of a half forward sometimes. And, you know, when it clicks and, and you kick four, uh, I think it makes it all worth it. But uh, when he gets the ball, there's not many people that can uh, that can catch him. He's, he's lightning and, um, yeah, he uses the ball really well too. So it was a huge game from him. Yeah, Kane Mitchell, our guest on Sporting Goss after their big win, the Tigers over West Perth. I'm going to speak about it, the elephant in the room. Uh, you gave away five free kicks. It was a bit uh, lively early, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, I, 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 I do try and play on the edge a little bit and I have my whole career. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think uh, I know when, it, when it's a final, I think they're always looking to, to try and settle the game and, and uh, make sure that no one's kind of doing what I was trying to do. But, uh, yeah, mate, uh, <laughs> I do. Can't do much about it. There's five that I can't, can't get back. But, uh, yeah, in the end, you've got you to do what you got to do to win the game. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Of the last ten free kicks you've been involved in in the last three weeks, you've, given, you've received one and given away nine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Yeah, I think that's I think that's been the rub my my whole career to be honest. But um, yeah, mate, it is what it is. I can't control no. it. Um, yeah, just got to play with aggression. But sometimes you know you got to just pull it back in a little bit. But you know, when as you get older and you get slower, I think sometimes um, that's that's kind of what happens too. Uh, and I will make make mention of the your, the bloke that you had a bit to do with over the game yesterday. It was a really good battle, Aaron Black, and you did uh, the the. the the team and yourself did a good job on him, uh, restricting him just to the 21 disposals, which is certainly the least he's had in a long time. He's, you know, been up around the 30s and uh, and 40s and and the like. It was a great job. He received seven free kicks yesterday. Seven. Yeah, I'd love that. That would be pretty pretty <laughs> nice to get seven. No, I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Aaron's, Aaron's a great player and mm. has been for a long time now and, uh, we knew I was going to be a team role and I was the one that had to lead the charge. And, um, 
yeah, sometimes when that when someone's going to someone, um, you know, that he gets the gets a few calls go his way. But yeah, like I said, he's an absolute superstar of the competition and, and a really good guy as well. So um, it was unfortunate I had to do that, but you know, that's a it's a team role and. Yeah, I think it did go a long way to us winning the game. No doubt. No doubt about that. Kane Mitchell, our guest, Sporting Goss. So you've got South Fremantle. Gee, you've had some good battles this year, you blokes. There have been some very close games and you were on. You had your moment, of course, uh, last week in the finals where you probably could have beaten him after the siren. You had that narrow win uh, earlier in the year. I mean, it's just been it's just been classics. And I think this is going to be no different on the preliminary final weekend. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I think it's going to be another cracker. Um, we just seem to match up really well. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter who's winning by how much. It seems to always, uh, you know, ebb and flow and come back to it. Um, I know the grand final last year was an absolute, you know, another classic. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we had the NADOC round this week where we ended up getting in front and then they kicked a goal late. And then, yeah, on the weekend, uh, not two weekends ago, it was uh, another one where we could have probably should have pinched it and maybe... Uh, Probably shouldn't have even got to that stage, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll assess how they went on the weekend and um, you know come up with a plan to hopefully uh, get the chockies this yeah, time. Yeah, your last three games against South Fremantle at Community Bank Oval, three points grand final loss, one point loss round fourteen this year, one point loss in the first week of the finals this year. I mean that is remarkable. Total of five points for separating the your two teams. And you've been on the receiving end of three losses. I don't think you, you go hard-pressed to find a, a team not to have won a game when the losses have been total of five points. Well, it sounds like we're due then, Goss, doesn't well, I think it? you do, Mitch. I think you do. Oh, hey, mate, can, no, I, can no, I just no, ask man. you a question, a personal question? At one stage during the year yeah. you were playing Rezies, were you dropped because of form? Yeah, yeah, I was dropped because of form. I'd had a run of, I think, uh, two pretty pretty bad games. Um uh, the the second one was against West Perth out there. I think I just ran up and down. I think I ran the most Ks for the least amount of possessions in waffle waffle history. But um, yeah, I just wasn't wasn't being able to impact the game like um, like the coaching staff wanted. And um, my role's changed a little bit since then, playing a little bit more, um, well, a lot more inside inside footy and and a little bit more at half forward rather than on those wings. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was something that I had to adjust and. You know, it was it, it was difficult at the time. I mean, you're 31, and you know, you think you're pretty established, and I mean, that's that's uh, that's football, uh, and that's what it is at the top. It's really competitive, but you know, it gave me real clarity around you know why I want to play, um, and you know, it gave me a bit of that, a bit more fire in the belly that I probably needed. So, um, yeah, it's uh, a lesson that you, I didn't really want to have to learn at 31, but you know, uh, I think it's. It's made my season, um, you know, a lot more complete now, I think. You got suspended as well, so the timing of that wasn't flash. Yeah, that was shocking. Um, yeah. And I think that was uh, another one, I think, yeah, like three or four years ago, that was probably deemed a good tackle. But, um, you know, we're trying to protect the head and yeah. with all the concussion stuff and all that. Yeah, I, I totally agree that, you know, we need to look after the guy with the footy and, um, you know, we don't want people getting dumped on their head and slung and knocked out. Um, so, again, yeah, timing was unfortunate with that. Yeah, you're never too old to learn football lessons, are you? And you've learned a couple in the last couple of years. The captaincy was a big story, getting dropped, then getting suspended. You've had a few knocks. I've got a feeling that this is, um, even at the end of your career, Mitch, and where it's coming to, you know, the twilight of your career, it is it is um, 
shows a fair bit of resilience. You must be very proud the way you fought back from a couple of bumps and bruises on the way. Yeah, I, I've learned a lot about myself. And, you know, it, it, it does. Football is a great vehicle to provide you to, to show your true character. And, you know, you can... Um, you know, you can kick stones and suck lemons if, uh, if it doesn't go your way or you can roll the sleeves up, look inside and, and figure out what you're really about. And, um, yeah, hopefully people can see that I'm, I'm trying to put in some, some hard work and work on myself. And, yeah, in the end, football is football and I just want to be as good a person and the best version of myself I can and, and hopefully I am. Yeah, well, no doubt about that. And you're a big part of what Claremont's doing at the moment. It's a huge game against South Fremantle. We know it's going to be close. Did you catch a glimpse of, of Subiaco's performance uh, on the weekend over South Fremantle? Or are you not a that uh, avid of football watcher? Oh, I, di- I didn't catch too much of it. I was, um, mate, been, uh, been week eight at school. There's a fair bit of marking going on at the moment. So I spent all day Saturday marking um, PE assignments, which was... <laughs> A bundle of laughs, to be honest. But um, nah, we'll, uh, I'll leave that to the coaches to, to dissect that. That's their job. But, um, yeah, no, I was just staring at my iPad going, am I a really good teacher or am I not a good teacher? But no, it was a, there was a couple of good ones in there and then a couple of ones I was, yeah, please resubmit. But it's all good. We'll be right. Uh, the old resubmit. Well, mate, a, yeah. a grand final awaits if you can get over South Fremantle at Optus Stadium. Going to be huge. Um, did you watch Ollie Wines win the Brownlow last night? Uh, oh, well, our game was on and we kind of had um, Prezos and stuff upstairs and I was kind of watching the updates as I went through. Um, yeah, a few, of the board, a few of the port boys were sending me messages throughout. But, um, yeah. yeah, happy for the happy for him. And, um, yeah, he's put in a power of work. So, you know, you're always, always happy for those guys that work really hard and get their rewards. Hey, thanks for taking time out to chat with us on Sporting Goss. I know it's a school day, mate. You've got to do what you've got to do. Good luck against South Fremantle. Don't get reported. Don't miss the grand no. final if you win. I play on the edge, but just know where the edge is, would you? I've been reported, I think, twice in my whole career. I've played 200 games. How is this a conversation? Surely not. Well, just, I just I, I watched you yesterday and I thought, please, just please. just If they're looking out for you and you're giving away five free kicks then you yeah, just never know what the umpire's thinking. It's very hard to defend. Just go play well. Yeah, that's, that's all that matters. Play well. Sound advice. Thanks, mate. <laughs> good idea. You're a good man. Kane Mitchell joining us on Sporting Goss. Welcome back to Sporting Goss as we build up to the AFL Grand Final on Saturday night. And we're also building up to something special in WA. And that's the opening of Toolkit Depot. To tell us more, and it's owned by Bunnings, is the CEO, Mike Schneider. He joins us now. Mike, this is incredibly exciting. You're opening plenty of stores Australia-wide, and some of them right here in Perth, which is great news. Absolutely, Tim. And, yeah, we are so excited to be launching Toolkit Depot, a new brand. It's a build on the Adelaide Tools business that we have bought uh, about 18 months ago into Western Australia with its new brand. And our first two new stores, Rockingham and Belmont, will be opening really soon with a few more to flow before Christmas such an exciting time for our business as we sort of grow in the industrial tool category. And we're really excited too because, you know, at the end of the day, new business is all about creating new jobs. And we've got 150 new jobs coming into WA before Christmas, which is awesome. Smart move opening a toolkit depot in Rockingham, the home of the Premier of Western Australia. Look, it's a great part of Western Australia. And, you know, the thing that we're really focused on with our network for toolkit depot is making sure that we've got the right stores, the right product ranges in the right locations to be able to service trades and industrial players 
all their sort of tool needs, landscapers, gardeners, safety wear, it's all there. It's going to be a fantastic offer. Yeah, so just explaining to those people listening to our show, Toolkit Depot, owned by Bunnings, I think Australia-wide over time, 75 stores, and you're obviously building those ones, launching those ones in Belmont and Rockingham. So what is it to the listener? We do have a lot of tradies listening to our show. We have a lot of uh, uh, handymen and the like. How does Toolkit Depot work and what, exactly what can people see and do there? Yeah, it's a great question. Look, about 18 months ago, we acquired the Adelaide Tools business in South Australia. That's been going really well. Opened a pilot store in uh, Parafield earlier this year, which gave us the opportunity to test and learn around product categories and product ranges. We knew as soon as we left SA, we needed to have a different name and done a heap of work coming up with Toolkit Depot. Fantastic brand fantastic proposition. For our customers, what it's going to mean is a really strong build on the assortment and range that we have in the Bunnings warehouse itself. We know that trade customers, and in particular specialist trades, mechanics, those working more in the industrial sector, need different products. They look for different brands and a different service experience. And we're really confident that with the Toolkit Depot offer, we've got something that is really different in the market. It creates a great service experience, it's a great product experience, all the leading brands right across tools, power tool, hand tools, power tools, mm. power gardening, safety wear, work wear. It's going to just be such a great offer for the Western Australian community. Yeah, looking forward to chatting with Mike Schneider, the CEO. Toolkit Depot is launching very, very soon. Does that mean there's jobs? Absolutely, there's going to be jobs. 150 this side of Christmas in WA, which is fantastic. And you know, as we build out the network across Australia, many, many more to come after that. And that's something that Bunnings has always prided itself on. We've got a team across Australia and New Zealand of close to 50,000, always looking for opportunities to create jobs because we know just how important it is. And particularly as many people across the country are doing it pretty tough, these opportunities are absolutely fantastic. Mike, I know you I think you're a, a bit player in Australian business and sport. We're looking forward to it. And the Toolkit Depot, of course, as you said, launching those couple of stores in Belmont and Rockingham, fantastic. Uh, and also the opportunity for some locals to get some employment straight away and continuing to grow. Sounds exciting. Exciting times ahead for WA and your business, the team at Bunnings. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks so much, Tim. See you later. Mike Schneider, the CEO of Bunnings, of course. Toolkit Depot. Keep an ear and eye out for it. It is growing. It's coming to Perth very, very soon. This is Sporting Goss. 16 away from 12 o'clock. It's warming up nicely. 19 degrees. A bit of a chilly breeze coming in off the desert at the moment. Coming from the east. 24 today, 27 tomorrow, 28 on Wednesday and Looking forward to the grand final. It tells us 25 degrees on Saturday night. Sports Entertainment Premiership Lunch Thursday. That's this Thursday, September 23. Mark this one down, but more importantly, I suggest you get onto the website in a moment. Craig Hutchison, our, uh, our almighty leader, and a star-studded lineup of AFL identities and Perth Wildcats fans and stars, should I say, for an unbelievable afternoon of all-inclusive fine wine, premium beverages, gourmet food and entertainment Kicks off at 12.30 at the beautiful Sandalford Winery. If you haven't been out there, let me tell you, you should. Stunning views, very picturesque. Tickets are $330, and that includes bus transfers available. Book now via Ballpark Entertainment. That's all one word, ballparkentertainment.com.au. AFL stars, Wildcat stars, food, drink, entertainment, all kicks off from 12.30 at the Sandalford that address again to cook a two book, ballparkentertainment.com.au. News just in, I'm reading this online as well. NBL star 
Ty Webster has been released from the New Zealand Breakers contract because of his refusal to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Webster enjoyed a breakout campaign last year and recently signed a two-year deal with the Breakers. However, the 26-year-old's anti-vax stance will limit his ability to play hoops and travel freely within Australia under restrictions to be imposed by state governments. And we know the Breakers are likely to begin their campaign here in 2021-2022 based in Australia because of international travel restrictions. Ty was amazing, according to Matt Walsh, who is the Breakers' owner, and we wish him the absolute best, and we support each player's freedom of choice in regards to the vaccine. Webster's older brother and fellow former breaker, Corey. Remember Corey? He signed with the Wildcats very briefly and then didn't come. He faced backlash last month after incorrectly claiming that Pfizer vaccines kill nearly as many people as the virus. Webster made the false claim on social media a few days after he left the breakers by mutual consent with two years left on his contract. So the NBL season is marked down for a November 18 start. At this stage, Ty Webster and Corey Webster both gone from the New Zealand Breakers. Just a reminder, John from Woodvale and Paul from Binningup are into the grand final quiz-off on Friday with Gillian Goss. Two tickets to the grand final in our hot little hand and make sure you're listening between 10 and 12 tomorrow, Sporting Goss Five grand final questions. You just have to be the last person standing. And if you are, you are going to be one of five who vies for the grand final double pass to give away. You've got to earn them. Yeah, I know. you got to earn them. you got to earn them. You can't just get them for nothing. Ollie Wines. He's on the media street as you always are when you are the Brownlow medalist. He's done the lounge, the Chez Lounge. Photo shoot, Un- unlike um, Nat Fife, he's got clothes on. Ollie Wines had this to say on Waitley about winning last night's Brownlow medal. Look, this is going to take a while to set- settle in, probably weeks, probably months. Um, it's incredibly uh, humbling and just to obviously know some of the names that won it before me and guys that I still idolise to this day. Um, probably the-, the biggest one is Michael Voss, who had a lot to do with me at Port Adelaide being a, a senior assistant um, to have my name, I guess, up against next to his and and sort of be similar to um, what he's achieved is is very special and um, I'm incredibly humbled. And he also dedicated the win to his family. Yeah, no, I've, I've sent them a fair few do, few photos. They've, um, they ride the, the waves with me and, and everyone involved, um, particularly back in Melbourne over the last 18 months. This has been their... Uh, their avenue on the weekends, watching Port and, and barracking for us very hard. So as much for me as an individual, this is a, a club award and um, it's for them. Speaking on Waitley this morning, Ollie Wines, the Brownlow medalist after 36 votes, got in the job done. At what stage during last night's count do you think he'd won it? Oh, probably not till round 22 when, when I knew the Bulldogs game was, um, Marcus wasn't going to poll in that game. So I sort of, I knew it was done and dusted after that. And um, that was probably when it first started to hit me. And it, it wasn't until I was on the stage getting presented the medal by Nat Fife that first hit me. And um, as I said at the start, it's probably going to take another few weeks, few months to, to sort of settle in. 
He also spoke to Jerry Waitley this morning about the time when a couple of years ago where he wasn't sure whether his football career was with Port Adelaide. Yeah, certainly. Um, there were times I sort of had to think if, if it was the right fit for me still and if I needed somewhere else to sort of, um, I guess, find a new lease on, on my career. And it didn't happen, and, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. I, I love this group. I, I love everything about our football club. Um, we've got full faith in in the list we've got, the, the future we've got over the last five to ten years. So um, to win this award is, um, I guess... Uh, it puts that in perspective and um, really shows that if you put your head down and work hard, something can happen. Ollie Wine speaking with Jared Wadley this morning uh, and he's assembled himself with the local media as well, having uh, spoken so well, well done to Ollie Wines. Uh, we sp- spoke this morning with Gillian Goss in regards to something that I, I had a conversation with someone over the weekend about the West Coast Eagles coaching staff we know that Jared Schofield's leaving Port Adelaide. Michael Voss could be leaving Port Adelaide. So who do the Eagles have as their forward line coach? Now, I'm not exactly sure what their structure is in regards to who coaches what. But my suggestion was they could look – they don't, might not have to look too far, but in the backyard right here this week of the Western Bulldogs, albeit he's got a, a job to do over the next week, and that is a man who knows that West Coast culture, and he was certainly at the Eagles when they won that flag in 2006. I'm talking about – Ash Hansen, the IP that he can take from Luke Beveridge, who, of course, could very well be a dual premiership winning coach if they can get the job done. Hansen knows what it's like to play forward. I think the West Coast Eagles forward line is one area that needs a bit of work. I think the back line is solid. Midfield, with a good midfield coach, can get the job done. But I think their forward line is chock full of talent. But do they get true bang for their buck with Lyon, uh, sorry, Flying Ryan, Liam Ryan. Also, Jack Darling, who's still got a bit of time left. Josh Kennedy's got one year to go. And also, of course, Oscar Allen and others who go through there. Jamie Cripps is another. So do they need a forward line coach who plays forward line? Played forward line, knows how a forward line functions. And I think that could be Ash Hansen. Now, I'm not saying he's on their radar. It's just someone asked me, who do they think they should get? And I think you could do a lot worse than get Ash Hansen from the Bulldogs. Let him get through this week. Let him focus on that. And uh, I think Simo and Luke Beveridge are good mates. And I, I would imagine that uh, Simo doesn't want to upset uh, the setup, of course, going in. But they had no problems going after Jared Schofield. And there's no doubt they would have spoken to Scoey while he was still in the finals mode with Port Adelaide. But someone asked me, what coach do they need? They need a permanent forward coach, and I think Ash Hansen is right under their noses this week. It'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. A break. We'll come back to wrap things up on this beautiful Monday. Blue skies everywhere I look. Bit of a wafting breeze, currently 18.7 degrees. And don't forget, SEN Stadium. If you're coming into the game on Saturday night, download the app before you get here. Touch the tile 15 minutes before, and you'll hear play-by-play, no delay. No buffer. You don't have to wind things back or hope that it buffers right in your right direction. This is a wonderful addition to your listening uh, moments of any football game around the country. And you get it right here at Optus Stadium. SEN Stadium call, play by play, no delay. It's six away from noon. Thanks for your company. We're coming up to noon, of course, and that means news. Thanks for your 
Listenership over the last couple of hours. The news break, thanks to McCafe Coffee. Try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. A reminder, be listening tomorrow between 10 and 12 for your very next chance to go into the final draw of five. There will be five only. And a chance to get your hands on a double pass to the AFL Grand Final. So far, we have got two through. John is through and Paul from Binning Up is through. They are through to the Quiz off on Friday morning with Gilly and Goss. Tomorrow, Western Bulldogs assistant coach Rowan Smith will join us. Tyson Beatty talking all things American sport and your interest and your calls. And don't forget, if you miss anything, download sen.com.au. Download the app. Make sure you catch up on podcasts. 657 SEN track is busy. SEN Spirit, the SEN app. Thanks for your company. It's AFL Grand Final Week. We have it all covered here on SEN. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Pato. And thank you for listening. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91